The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Actually, was was great. It was great. Uh, we both discovered that we are um, writers. That we are both involved in writing our life stories, and so we had an opportunity to uh, explore that subject and also to talk about how our meditation practice has shaped or influenced our writing of, of our life stories. And so we could have talked mm. for a long, for a lot longer than we did, but it was just, it was just very much a treat to find that connection. Oh, Meditation I'm so glad. Through life stories. Yeah, good. I was worried about your, you guys, so I didn't need to be no. wonderful. No. I'm glad you had a good, good time talking to each other. Some, sometimes small groups are so, you can really open up. Okay, someone else? There you go. Oh, please, Jenny, Jeannie. Um, well, there were three of us, and it was just beautifully amazing how we connected with so well with different you know different ideas but we had things in common that were so connecting and um it just was beyond lovely <laughs> hard to express it any other way but it was it was really connecting and lovely thank you <laughs> how wonderful yeah it's good to hear Yes, David. Yes, hi. I I was Anna's partner in that yeah. in the group. So, and uh, as you said, it was it was a wonderful group. Uh, we had a terrific talk together. Um, one one of the things that I have found is that my Buddhist practice, my Dharma practice, and my meditation practice, and my writing practice are profoundly intertwined with each other and between the two or the three i guess um i have moved from uh, a, a place of um discomfort dissatisfaction and suffering to a place of recovery and and repair and mm. it's, i think the greatest gift that those three practices have given to me, and that hopefully, in in, in those uh, in reflecting those changes in my personal life and in, in my writing, that uh, I hopefully am passing some of those blessings on to others. So, um, it was not my discussion of writing was not disconnected from being aging Buddhist. It was very much connected to it. So thank you very much. It was a, a, a wonderful experience. Thank you. Hmm. Sounds great. It sounds like your practice is really working. Someone else. 
I can't see everyone, so. I think Cliff has his hand up. Yeah, please just come on in, Cliff. Hi, thank you. It, it's I haven't got anything profound to share with you, except that where I am, it's coming up to eight o'clock in the evening, and my partner's just saying, "When are we going to have dinner?" So <laughs> I'm going I'm, I'm to leave now, but I didn't want to just go without saying goodbye to you all and um, thanking you for this opportunity to be with you. I look forward to seeing you all again. Nice. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, Cliff. Bye. Anyone else about? David, Elaine has her hand up. Oh, yeah, please, Elaine. Yeah. It's fairly rare when I'm in a breakout group um, that the group ends up laughing a lot. And that wonderfully happened. And it was in part uh, somebody else in our group who shared something. I, I have taken a number of classes that I really appreciate, but I get I really start learning the list. And, and then I find out that that list includes yet another list. And I learned that. But by the time I get to the third t- subset, I'm lost. But somebody in our group mentioned that they loved um, the, the the fact that the Buddha made lists and that she makes lists all the time. So then we had some wonderful talks and ideas about list making and what generates that. And the, we're starting with the, the last question that David had posed about, is it challenging for you to rest in simply being? Um, but it, it was a really, really wonderful time with three people. So Thank you. And the, the laughter is a real joy. Right. Mm. It's so nice to share your practice. That's <clears throat> And laugh. Yeah, laugh is great. Joy. Anyone else? David, Mitch, please. Mitch, go ahead. Sandia here. Someone before me. Well, Midge, um, can you hear me, please? David, you're you're not seeing that uh, Sandra Sandra yeah, has her oh. hand up. Yeah. Okay. Please, please. Um, go ahead, Sandra. Um, our group really enjoyed being reminded of the T.S. Eliot uh, poem and uh, how how each of us related to it and. Um, and we also, uh, we talked about the importance of simplicity and paring down and um, going through our things, whether it's one drawer at a time or whether it's everything at once and um, sorting through uh, what, what we can let go of and what we might want to look at again. Um, and we also talked about um, uh how we felt about death, you know, are we anxious about it or um, are we okay with it? Um, and uh, it, it, we really covered a lot and, and it, it was a, a very, uh, really a wonderful session, very heartfelt. Mm. Good. Yeah. Sounds like it was a great session. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Was. So Midge, are you, Yes, I'm. Please. It now, um, it was uh, 
for me, it was a wonderful experience of what we had practiced before of uh, seeing into the other person, seeing that um, uh, wholeness and uh, just as as uh, the sharing um, went, um, it gave me a sense of uh, sangha, of what it means to be seen and heard and uh, having an opportunity to see and hear mm. and um deeply uh and also uh to find that um impermanence and changes were part of uh each of our experience some in different ways but but significantly significantly a part of our experience it was just very comforting to be held and uh to to have my moments of of my old moments of anxiety but just to be there and to be a part of the group so thank you. Great. Thank you, Midge. Yeah, I'd like to also share. It was really very connected in our group, and I enjoyed it a lot also. The uh, similarities that we have and also diff- different things that we do, but learning from, from each other is really nice, and then laughing together humor about things that helps so much. And I think yeah, sometimes like being in this phase of life, some things that happen for me. And so I don't like to even tell young people because they don't really know what it's like. I mean, you know, your body has, has to get there to understand it. When you're young, you just don't get it. <laughs> like I never got it what my parents went through when I was young. So, so I don't even try to explain it to young people. Maybe some would get some idea about it, but, you know, it's like, um, it's different when you get there. That's what I have to say. So it feels nice to share with people who are in the same age group and to also look deeper into things than than just on a superficial level and to laugh together. It's just so valuable to see humor and all that. So, yeah, it was very enjoyable. It was just so wonderful to hear all of this connection Great. Thank you. Thank you all. Any more? One more? Just a quick one. Carla joined our group for the first time today, and it turns out she lives about seven minutes, seven miles down the road. Oh. So that was that was a, a joy to find someone close and know she's there. So I can I can think about that when I'm practicing that there is a a kindred spirit just down the road. Yeah. And she practices so well, too, and so do you, Terry. All right. Well, thank you so very much. This is all so encouraging and inspirational to hear. You're laughing together and sharing depth of experiences and seeing each other, holding each other. This is what Sangha is all about, to kind of encourage us and inspire us and help us to feel easeful and safe and some well-being here. So let's take a break, and uh, and then we will hear from my dear friend, your dear friend, Robert, and uh, maybe come back, back about, oh, let's see. 
12.15 if you, you know, it's 12.03 now, so hopefully you can come back by then so he can start on time. Okay? See you all soon. Yeah. Okay, see you then. David, I'm going to I'm going to uh, turn my camera and sound off and go get a cup of coffee. David, are you there? Can you hear me? Nope. Yes, Leah, I'm here. Are you still here? Yeah, no. I'm still here. I just wanted to share something with you or anybody else who's listening that you're asking us to look at a particular person and, you know, kind of hold them in your heart and and know that somebody's looking at you. Reminded me of this wonderful practice that Pema Chodron suggested years ago where you just go to a coffee shop and you just pick some stranger and look at them and think, may they have happiness and may they be free from suffering. Ah. May they find joy and equanimity and just send that those good wishes to somebody you don't know. Yeah. It's so helpful. Yeah. I mean, just... Who knows if they what they receive or don't receive, but as soon as you get out of me, 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 yeah, uh, and it's so soothing and deeply happy making to do that, yeah, great, yeah, that's how was your small group? It was fine, it was fine, art, is it you and me just talking to each other, or are we? There might be other people, actually. Yeah, so no, we'll I think somebody. it was we'll fine. Somebody. Yeah, good. No, yeah. You, you are. You guys are broadcasting over the over the internet. Good. I was trying to turn down the volume. That's okay, Gary. She said some. She said some beautiful things, so it's good that you heard. <laughs> I, I actually didn't. I kind of came in. <laughs> oh. I went to the bathroom and came back. Anyway, just thought I'd let you know that you're. Thank you. Well, I'm going to go for a few minutes to get something. Be back. Be back.
I think when I started Gail, are you able to hear me? Yes. Okay, I'm new to this, so I was afraid to leave for fear of losing everything. So what did you do? What do you what does one do during the break? Oh, you just... any, anything, bathroom, eating, uh <laughs> just refreshment. Just a little and, break. Yeah. And on my screen, do I need to um just leave it the way it is. This is Michael. Hi, Mike. Gail. Hi, Michael. So just yes. to stay on? Yeah, stay stay on and, and just do your whatever, go about your business, but, but please stay on. Okay, I was afraid to lose you and I didn't want to be lost. <laughs> you know, um, Pat, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to say at the very end of our small group was that anytime yes. anyone wants to call and just have a one-to-one -one phone call, you know, I mean, it could uh -huh. be about death. We were talking about death. <laughs> uh, how, it could be how, would, how would I, how would I find you? Well, I, I that was what I was going to say is, um, Fiona, okay. you, you would yes. contact Fiona Varner. She's the one who reminds us of our senior Sangha meetings. Um, and so you can get her, or David, or Robert would give you her um, uh, e email, and she would give you mine. Okay. Uh, I gave her permission to give people mine if they ever want to call somebody between meetings. I would like to do that. I see, um, I see, um, I don't know if I have a way to find, uh, is it Fiona you say? It? She's the one that sent out the, oh yeah, I do remember she sent out the, so that's yeah. where I'm Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look yeah, it up right now. She would give you my email. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay. And Gail, is your last name P I E S? P R U P. Yeah. Okay, got it. It's pie strip. Uh, the first part is a pie. Okay. Okay, yeah, got so it. I'm, I'm actually Gail Pie at gmail dot com. Okay. Yeah. It's my husband's fault. It's a Danish name. <laughs> okay.
Oh, but you know what? Um, would you mind telling me that email one more time? Yeah, it's Gail, G-A-I-L, Pi, P-I-E, all one word, lowercase, at gmail.com. All right, I think I got it this time. Okay, good. Okay, and I'll send you mine. I think you mentioned the Eightfold Path, too, did you? Yes. Um, and the, I'm a um, mentor for the class. Um, oh. Uh, that's because I took a course in, in uh, well, I, I've taken that course, and then they had a Dharma mentor training program. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just starting out on it. I'm, well, this is my third third run through of the course, and and each time I get to meet new yeah. people that are taking it, and 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 it's a Dharma buddy situation uh, uh, that is just really can be delightful too. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah. I'm putting this in my phone as we speak. Hi, Carla. Am I unmuted? <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What were you just? Hi. I'm sorry. What were you just talking about? Uh, about the eightfold path class. Oh, I forgot you're taking that. That's. I wish I was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've taken it, and now I'm a mentor for it. Oh wow! Yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's fun. Yeah. Just to talk to people about. Right intention and right speech and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an important message to pass along. <clears throat> Hi, folks. Hi, Robert. Hello, Robert. It's nice to be here with all of you and Hello. with my brother, David. <clears throat> so good to be with you. If you're back, if you could come off come back on to turn your camera on so I know that you're back and then I will get started as soon as I see that people are back hope you had a nice break got a chance to get a snack if possible so it looks like it looks like most of us are back. Um, so I want to just begin by saying how nice it is to be here with all of you on on this monthly basis. It's been kind of a treat for me because I've been so busy, and the last couple of months I've been able to be with you again. So yeah, it's really nice, and I thank David for 
continuing to include me, which is generous of him. So thank you, David. And um, it is, it's a, it's a real joy to be here with you and also to be sharing sharing with you all in this way. It's it's a really rare and, and important opportunity that we have here that was created. Um, I was there at the very beginning. It was created out of the goodness in David's heart and a vision that he had for a community like this, a sangha like this within the larger sangha of IMC. Um, so <clears throat> deep bows to you, David. I Every once in a while I think about this and I think about all the goodness that has been created and the connections that, um, the opportunities for connections that um, have been created here and how nice it is for so many people to um, be able to, you know, meet with friends at this time of our lives and and share things that are a little bit more meaningful or a lot more meaningful than maybe some of the things we occupied ourselves with when we were younger. So, <clears throat> so David did it, that beautiful reflection and guided us into... Um, you know, really sort of bumping into this or be, becoming aware, I don't want to say bumping into it, just taking note of this quality of openness and spaciousness and emptiness that allows us to rest in a place of, of some quality of deep, deeper peace, deeper peace. And um, I want to follow up on that by saying that sometimes, or with a topic here that I'm going to introduce, um, that sometimes in order for us to access that quality of letting go, that quality of just sort of being with ourselves um, in an unhindered sort of way, that it's it's a difficult it's difficult to connect with that aspect of our of our ourselves when we're holding on to things when we've got things that are on our mind or on our in our heart or that we're carrying and sometimes um <clears throat> what's really called for from us in order to to be able to you know open up is to forgive so i want to talk about uh, the theme of this portion is on forgiveness and it, this could be forgiveness for a loved one or for yourself or you know for your difficult neighbor or <laughs> your ex-boss or your boss if you're still working. It could, it could be just the idea of what is forgiveness. So, <clears throat> so I want to just start by saying um, forgiveness is a quality 
and um, an act of generosity that uh, it can never be forced. You should never try to force this quality because you'll only tighten yourself up and wrap yourself in knots. So this is a practice that you should only do within your own comfort zone. And it's fine not to do this at all if you're not ready to 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 lean into that. But I want to begin with just a, a guided meditation that um, is a beautiful forgiveness meditation that I got from a Buddhist teacher named Eric Kolvig. And some of you may know it. It's uh, uh, but even if you do, it's a beautiful meditation. And and if it's new to others, I really encourage you to sort of lean into it in whatever way you can do that. So I'm going to inv- I'm going to begin by doing a short guided meditation, and I'm going to ask you to get comfortable in your seat wherever you happen to be sitting. And, and as we begin to settle down, if you need to do a few neck rolls or a few shoulder rolls or, you know, move around in your seat to find a position that you can literally begin to ground yourself in, just to settle into. And if you're comfortable, I think most of us meditate with our eyes closed in this group, but... Um, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. If you prefer to leave your eyes open, I would encourage you to have a soft, unfocused gaze downwards so that you're not distracted by looking at a screen full of friends. So as we begin, I'm going to invite you to take a nice deep breath in, drawing the air in through your nostrils and bringing it deep into your belly and Exhaling in a very natural way, just letting go. Just let go. And do that for a breath or two more. And then allow your breathing just to return to its normal rhythm and pace, whatever that happens to be. There's no special way to breathe. Just allow yourself to settle into this moment. You might feel your feet on the floor or your back against the chair that you're sitting in. You might feel the weight of your body on the chair that you're seated on, feel the quality of being grounded, of being supported. Just become aware of the quality of support. We take it for granted, but you're safe, you're supported. And as we begin to settle down here in your seat in this moment where you are supported and safe, 
with nothing to do or be or become, simply resting. I want you to bring to mind ways in which you may have harmed yourself or harmed others. And I suggest that you start with really minor things, not big acts of harming. No. Maybe you begrudged yourself of something or begrudged someone else of something. And as far as you're able to do so, extend forgiveness to yourself for this harming by saying these phrases to yourself. I allow myself to be imperfect. I allow myself to make mistakes. I allow myself to be a learner, still learning life's lessons. I forgive myself. If I cannot forgive myself now, may I forgive myself sometime in the future. If I cannot forgive myself now, may I forgive myself sometime in the future. Now think of ways in which other people have harmed you. Again, begin with minor harms. No need to go for the 500 pound gorilla. And as far as you're able to do so, extend forgiveness to them. Just as I allow myself to be imperfect, I also allow you to be imperfect. I allow you also to make mistakes. I allow you to be a learner, still learning life's lessons. I forgive you. If I can't forgive you now, may I forgive you sometime in the future.
If I cannot forgive you now, may I forgive you sometime in the future? Now in this portion of the meditation, ask for forgiveness from others for the harm that you have done to them. Please allow me to be imperfect. Please allow me to make mistakes. Please allow me to be a learner, still learning life's lessons. Please forgive me. If you cannot forgive me now, please try to forgive me sometime in the future. If you cannot forgive me now, please try to forgive me sometime in the future. And I'm going to end this short guided meditation with a poem by David White called Enough. Enough. These few words are enough. If not these words, this breath. If not this breath, this sitting here, this opening to the life we have refused again and again, until now, until now. So whenever you're ready, take another nice deep breath and slowly open your eyes and come back into the room. So <clears throat> we've made it to adulthood. <laughs> Most of us, I hope, and it's likely that we've experienced in our lives some level of trauma, or we might carry some relational injuries from the past, maybe, you know, a memory of a relationship that went south, or, you know, a, a problem that we had with a friend, or a job, or we might identify with one or more large-scale injustices that we see in the world today. We see the horrible war in the Middle East and in the European continent and Ukraine, acts of barbarism and terrorism, racism, ecological degradation, 
really obscene gaps in wealth and opportunities. And these kinds of things, you know, we take these things on and they they begin to obscure our access to this quality that David was pointing to earlier. So it's good to take notice of these this experience within ourselves. And, and sometimes we'll recognize it by the feeling of lingering resentments. So the question becomes, how do you work with lingering resentments or with the uncomfortable human feelings of wanting revenge? Someone's done something to you, you think, or maybe they actually have, and there's this, you know, we don't even want to look at it. There's this shadow part, but there's this quality of, of wanting revenge. So <clears throat> with forgiveness, we can heal our relationships and allow space for wholesome flourishing, for eudaimonic flourishing. And it's really not easy for people to willingly turn towards the, the things in us, in our, that, that are in all of us, our shadow side, to turn towards the difficulties or that which feels unpleasant or uncomfortable. And while for many of us it may feel counterintuitive to do that, our willingness to actually turn towards what is difficult for us instead of trying to immediately antidote or confront or escape the reality of our difficult thoughts and emotions. That is the very action that provides the essential healing aspect of all awareness practices. This is a, a core and foundational teaching in compassion training. Compassion can be perceived in a number of different ways, but in, in two different ways that I want to point out here. One is it's like a natural felt response to, to suffering that we become aware of, either mental suffering or physical suffering that we and everyone goes through in the world. So that's, that's one way. There's natural kind of response. We recognize this quality of compassion. And then when we begin to awaken even a little bit, when we sit on the grass and just let go, when we begin to awaken even a little bit to the fact that in fact our experience is, it's quite dreamlike. Maybe it is a dream. People claim that it is a dream. <clears throat> and when we begin to awaken to that, we can have compassion for those who don't know they're dreaming, which, and those, those are most of the people in the world. So the world as we experience it, you know, is, is in some ways a misconception because of the way that we perceive it. So in our individual lives, we can see that all transformative undertakings involve some effort from us. 
We really do. We can't just sit on a, on a, you know, we can't just do nothing. If we do nothing, nothing's going to happen. So we, we have to make the effort. So we have a part to play. And without our participation, nothing really happens. If you don't show up for your practice, it's not going to happen. So the very fact that you're all here is a demonstration that you do show up for your practice. And that's why things are happening in your world. But by becoming familiar with what is happening within us, especially when what is happening is difficult, where we might be feeling resentment or residual anger towards a situation or towards a person or towards who knows, fill in the blank. See, it can really feel like a daunting, impossible task to think about forgiving. You see, so in the process of our day-to-day lives, we grind and bump up against our own views and opinions, and 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 those views and opinions are are things that we we take as real as sacred cows, but those opinions are often rooted in unexamined assumptions or implicit biases and human ignorance of the way things are. In other words, if this existence is dreamlike, and that's as far as I'm going to take that concept, but if this is a dream, then the things that we get agitated about are also sort of a dream, misconceptions. So we often find ourselves face-to-face with the negativity of self-righteousness or having to navigate intense feelings of vulnerability or anger or exposure or, you know, feelings of loneliness or isolation. These are powerful emotions that can arise out of nowhere and they can be very easily triggered. One moment, everything's fine. Think about it in your own life, in your own experience. One moment, everything's fine. The next moment, we're terrified or we're furious or we're filled with self-doubt or self-hatred or we're consumed with desire, sometimes stinging desire for revenge. So the worlds that we inhabit change without any warning or conscious sense of how that happens or how we got there so quickly. Our day-to-day experiences is in fact impermanent. It arises in past. And, and when what arises are these strong emotions, it's hard to have the clarity to just relax, to just let go, to just enjoy this time, this, this autumn of our life. So this is a very human predicament that most of us share, and it's one that we reinforce and and strengthen when we hold on to resentments. However, when we cultivate 
a willingness to turn towards that which is difficult and we become familiar with what is difficult, we actually build a quality of inner stability that we can trust in and we can rely on to see us through hard times. Hard times might be a scary medical diagnosis or a fractured relationship with a loved one or a former loved one or a grudge or an old lingering resentment that we just can't seem to let go of. So this helps us to acknowledge and transform what is difficult into in us into what is meaningful. So what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness to you? One common definition is letting go of resentment and the desire for revenge. And that definition makes a lot of sense to me. But there's may still be something standing in the way of forgiveness. And some obstacles are deeply held ideas about what forgiveness is and isn't. And these mistaken ideas about what forgiveness is are mostly commonly held fears of forgiveness. It's not true what we think forgiveness is. It's These are generally the fears of forgiveness. So forgiveness, as I said when I opened this, can't be forced. And it doesn't need to be rushed. It's like everything. It has its own time and it has its own season. It's a beautiful aspect of the human mind and heart, just like other deep healing states such as love or compassion or joy. And all of these are examples of qualities in us that we can that we can learn, that we can learn to cultivate, that we can we can actually learn about. So I love the the quote from Dr. Martin Luther King the old law of an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. What wisdom. An eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. Just look at the world that we live in today and what's going on. And then from the Dhammapada, from Gill's translation of chapter 1, verse 5, it's just, in this world, hatred never ends through hatred. Only love dispels hate. This is an ancient truth. So, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. And um, I'm going to ask you to reflect on the following statements as I read them to you. Who benefits from forgiveness? Is forgiveness the same as reconciliation? If not, what's the difference? 
Does the act of forgiveness condone or minimize behavior? Is forgiveness a sign of weakness or strength? What is the difference between forgiving and forgetting? The difference between forgiving and forgetting. Okay. Forgiveness is primarily an act of self-compassion, a kindness towards yourself, towards ourself. We are the primary and direct recipients of our thoughts and our beliefs. So the moment we forgive, we are the first and primary recipient of that forgiveness. Resentment mainly affects those who feel it. So when we're feeling resentment, it mainly affects us, the object. It doesn't affect the object of our resentment. That is, the state and feeling of resentment itself is harmful to us first. And long-term resentment can actually be poisonous and toxic to the mind and body. It can feel like a an inner prison when we hold on to things. So when we stew in resentment, we literally relinquish our power to those who we are angry with, you see? And our freedom and our (coughs) peace is, is forfeited. We give it over to the other party. Forgiveness essentially is an act for yourself that comes from yourself. It's a way to free yourself. So David's going to pop you into um, a breakout room again. And I am going to, if I can find the chat thing here, and I want to chat everyone, I'm going to pop you into the the two prompts, and if I could get a thumbs up if you see those prompts in your chat, think about times you've been unable or unwilling to forgive, reflect on how that choice affected you, and if holding on to unforgiveness was a strategy to achieve something, How has that strategy played out for you? So those are a couple of prompts. And you can go into a breakout room. We don't have very much time here, as I see. Um, You know what? Maybe we don't go into a breakout room because we don't have much time. And I would rather spend the time with you. And we can talk about this. 
So <clears throat> let me just pose, pose these things one at a time. Think about times when you've been unable or unwilling to forgive and reflect on how that choice affected your life. See? And I might kick that off to just open up the conversation and, and tell you, you know, as I actually read those words, I felt a tightening in my stomach and a memory of, of you know, uh, a time that, that I was unwilling to forgive or I didn't forgive. And the way that that has served me or affected me, because it certainly hasn't served me, is to be like a, especially now that I'm older, it's a, it's, it's like carrying a, a weight on my chest or in my gut that something is unresolved that I have not taken care of. It's like unfinished business. And, and now I, you know, I don't want to die holding on to it, you see. And it feels a little bit um, like there's something to do that I want to do and that I've spent so many years not doing that it seems difficult and daunting. And there's the momentum of that that's keeping me from just initiating the simple act of forgiveness. Forgiveness essentially frees us first. So something like that, the way it's affected me is to feel like unfinished business, that, that a part of me would very much like to finish before I die. Does that make sense? Yes. Does anyone relate? Mm. So I'd like to hear from people if if you have experiences like that. Gail, thank you. You know, you um, you're really helping loosen something in my mind with all this um and it ties in with one of the quotes that david included in our reflection the one the first one from um sharon salzberg um if you would not be a passive recipient of love uh it's uh Switching from the passive recipient of love to a living embodiment of it, we find true love. And I have been really letting that in lately. And this ties in with that because I'm I'm thinking of resentment that I've I've had toward well toward men, <laughs> two different men in my life. <laughs> for not loving me as I wanted to be loved. Mm-hmm. Not seeing me as um, 
the way I want it to be seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm just realizing more and more how that puts me in this passive recipient position and um and in the the path out of out of this through forgiveness uh it's it's a matter of taking power over 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 my life in in a real way mm-hmm. what do i mean that you know that that the source of love is is in here uh, right. and and realizing that just seems like everything uh, realizing that and seeing that, that. that it's in here it's not it's not out there uh, I mean, gail you, you just saw yourself yeah you just saw yourself girl yes Indeed. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Marianne, I see you have your hand up. Come off mute. There you You're on mute. If you go down into the, the far left corner, you'll see the little microphone. And just click on it. There Am you are. Am I unmuted? Okay. <laughs> You're unmuted. Um, unmuted. Well, what I saw relating to the example just given is that it just put my focus on this negative thing that took my energy, um, my self-esteem and and stop me from going on with real life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's boy. that's what resentment does to us. <clears throat> and as I said in in the little short talk is that we hold on to those beliefs because we feel vulnerable. And those beliefs are like sacred cows to us. It's very hard for us to let go. And yet, the simple act of let, what is forgiveness? It's letting go. You let go, you put down, you free yourself. This whole Buddhist path is about shedding what we, what's not true, putting it down, letting it, letting go, freeing ourselves in some way. So, You're back on mute, Marianne. Yeah. There you go. Speaking of cows, it's like not forgiving is chewing your cud like a cow, just over Chewing and your over cud and like over. a cow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I could go to the second prompt, too. If we hold on to unforgiveness... And we do that as a strategy to achieve something. How how has that strategy worked out for you? You see, <clears throat> it's really the same. It's just to flip it and look at it from a different direction. See, 
So in my own case, what I was sharing with the way this strategy worked out for me is that I, I am get it. I'm in touch with something that's a need inside of me that I have not acknowledged. You see, so it's an act of kindness to even if I can't let go right now, I can see the suffering that's created by holding on to unforgiveness or holding on to something, you see. So, Elaine, I see that you have your hand up. I think, um, let's see. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, we can hear you. Huh. I don't know what I did. Um, huh. Says video. You're fine. Okay, we, well, I'll just talk. So I don't need to be seen. Uh, I think for me, one thing that really gives me a lot of feeling throughout my whole body right now are a number of people uh, in my life who are really important, but holding on to resentments and differences of opinion. I allowed those to be so, so strong that it really, in many ways, often literally disconnected me from the people. Mm-hmm. And, and some of those people are, are no longer alive and, but some are. Uh, so it's, it's a big deal <laughs> to, to hold on. Yeah. Cause it, it is a big deal. And because it's a big deal, it's important to actually acknowledge that to ourselves. It is a big deal. And sometimes just to look at that is all we can do. And and sometimes that's enough. You see, just you begin. And that is an act of generosity and an act of kindness and compassion. So... I wish you luck with your big deals. You can wish me luck with my big deals. <laughs> Jeannie, you're going to get the last word. Well, I'm just realizing that I've had a, a deep resentment for a long time against religions that have an outside God, because <laughs> how I see it is the damage that they've done. But I didn't realize I had this deep resentment. and But it does affect, it makes my heart heavy. And um, so I I can't think of a way out of it except to to do meta in a, in a deep way. If you have another, you know, something suggested for me, I'd be happy to hear it. But thank you. yeah, yeah. Well, I wish that we had more time. Uh, I, I I'll actually be happy to stay on for a few minutes afterwards if you who wanted to. I would just tell you. Metta, you can never go wrong with metta, you see. And if you can can basically acknowledge what you just referenced and feel the kindness inside of yourself towards yourself for feeling that resentment, you see, for, for feeling the contention that that created and that, that you were holding on to, then you can recognize that that actual moment is a moment of self-kindness, self-compassion. Mm-hmm. That's what real self-compassion is. When when we see 
the suffering that we experience in the moment of it, rather than thinking it's the trigger. You see, that's self-compassion. Yeah. See, it's not even the religion or the outside God or whatever it is that's triggering you. It's the feeling inside of you that's in contention. And, and to just see that and recognize in that moment, you, you have really experienced a true moment of letting go, of putting down. You've not denied any part of your experience. You haven't shut out the shadow. You haven't held on to the other part. You see, it's just, that's it. You haven't abandoned yourself. In that moment, you see yourself, which is what Gail was talking about. And seeing ourselves, even for just a nanosecond, is a moment of liberation. So with that, I'm going to say, may you all have as many moments of liberation in your life (laughs) as possible. Mm. And uh, be kind to yourself and be kind to one another. And and go out and sit under an applewood tree, like David said, and really lean into the experience of spaciousness and emptiness and, and really love one another with abandon. The world needs each of us so, so much. And we think we have nothing to give. I tell you, any moment in your life is your life. Any moment is worthy of your respect. Any moment that you notice is precious. It's a precious moment. And when you do that, it affects people and and uh, communities around us. And it ripples out. Believe me, it does. It ripples out. So all the goodness that has happened here today um, is is a powerful force in the world today. So I'm going to let David offer us a dedication of merit, and I I thank you all for for this time with you and your attention. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. By the power of this compassionate practice that Robert mm-hmm. has been describing. May our suffering be transformed into peace and may the suffering of all beings, the beings that we haven't forgiven, the unforgiving one in ourself, may all that suffering be transformed into peace. Mm-hmm. May the hearts of all beings be open and their wisdom radiate from within. Thank you, David. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Come off mute and say bye-bye to one another. Bye. 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 Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Robert. Nice to see you. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Robert, uh, I I could say something if that's okay. Yes, of course. I think the reason why I do that is um, a feeling of better than, because that makes me better than, because I don't Mm -hmm. have that, right? And Mm -hmm. why do I have that need to be better than? (laughs) 
issues because I must be putting myself less than somehow. So, so, so to just be with that experience and to investigate it the way that you're just doing right now in real time, that's how mindfulness reveals deeper and deeper levels of what's going on and a need inside of you. So it's really good to engage in the process of inquiry. What is really going on? You say, okay, so there's this trigger out here, this religion thing, but it's activated something in me. And, oh, well, there's a need in me for what? And, well, why is that need in me? And then you just explore deeper and deeper. But at each level you meet, we are imperfect beings doing the very best that we can. If we could do any better in any given moment, we probably would, you see. But as it stands, just to meet yourself with that truth. So that allows you to literally forgive yourself, to be allow yourself to be imperfect. Right. Mm-hmm. When, you, when, when, when we you know at a certain at a certain point it's all going to be okay yeah yeah and you're okay yes you know that you're okay anyway so all right all right thank you really this has been lovely yeah it's lovely to see you as always david thank thank you you too that was beautiful that was just just perfect was it okay good yes i love that that contemplation that you you read I, I can you send that to me sometime sure absolutely that's yeah, that was one beautiful of, that that's that one of be... isn't that nice that's so yeah, nice I, i've been using that for years yeah i gave I can it use to that. my I can partner maybe, Nilama too yeah i can maybe use that in as a whole theme for a group yeah you right. can just give eric credit it's his meditation definitely will um all right so so uh Maybe it's too early to ask, but there is a. Will you, will you be around? You're going to be around in December, aren't you? I should the, be the twenty first. I'll contact you later, but. Uh, okay. I think you'll be here. All right. Okay, brother. All right. Well, you it was fun a, today. It was a nice it, group. Yeah. It was a nice group, a very nice group. Yeah, thank yeah. you. You've done a beautiful job with them, David. You really, I mean. How many years have has this been going on? Now? I know, I know. And literally, it was hatched in. You hatched the idea, and look, you at and I did it. together, and then we. Well, took it you're together. the one who did it. You just yeah. brought me in. So, yeah. um, and you know, you've nurtured them and taken care of them, and and they really have. I looked around today. They really do have feel a sense of community. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's really, really, really beautiful. Good work, brother. All right. Ciao. Well, be well. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your your Thanksgiving with uh, Kendra. Okay. I, I just see that the uh, 